somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, there's a power that's bigger than you. It's bigger than your circumstance. If God be for me, who can be against me? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I feel like I'm in an apostolic church tonight. From the start to the finish. Amen. From the prayer room to the front row to the platform. Amen. Do you feel it in the back? Come on, do you feel it over here on this side? Do you feel it right here in the middle? Do y'all feel it over there? Do you feel like you've come to church tonight? Did you come with expectancy in your heart tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I am thankful for the opportunity to bring the word of the Lord to you tonight. And I'm just going to get right into it, all right? Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read verses 1 and 2. Amen. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, I've been in services before where this same scene was before me, and I heard the, the saying, who will fill these shoes? You ever seen that before? You ever heard that before? Who will fill these shoes? I've heard it preached at camp meetings. I've maybe even heard it here before. I don't know. But tonight, I'm not asking who will fill these shoes. Tonight, I have a question that I want you to answer. And that is, who will run in these shoes? Who will not just simply slip them onto your feet and stand in the place but says, I'm in a race right now, and I've got a finish line that I'm trying to get to, and simply wearing shoes and putting them on my feet is not enough. But I've got to run with patience. I've got to run in all seriousness. I've got to run this race that is before me. Amen. So tonight I ask you, who will run in these shoes? You may be seated tonight. Who will take on the mantle that has been passed down? Who will be the next in line? Who will fill these shoes? Who will be the one that says, you know what, I, I've noticed that there's a void here. I've noticed there's a gap here. And there's something inside of me that is longing to fill a role. And to say, God, I want to do it with a fervency. I want to do it to the fullest. Pastor, I've noticed that we're lacking here. And I see that we're missing this. What can I do to be involved? What can I do to help? Who can fill these shoes? Who can run in these shoes? Who will be the ones... Or the one who's going to step up to the plate and carry this thing on. Who will fill these shoes? This statement speaks of the massive hole that has been left. And the void of that person. 
as I think of some that have gone on to be with the Lord. Great men and women of God who have lived their life for God. I can think of some amazing men and women who were a part of even this church family. That were giants among us. Some of whose shoes are even up on this platform tonight. And I asked some others, but they were not able to do so. But up before me tonight are shoes from a brother Charles Casey. Before me over on this side are shoes from a brother Harvey Vickery. And there are countless others who paved the way. Who are now that cloud of witness in the sky. Who says, I'm not wanting you to just simply feel my shoes. I'm wanting you to carry this gospel. I'm wanting you to run this race. I'm wanting you to run with all diligence. And do it better than I did it. Go further than I was able to go. Win more than I was able to win. Give more to God than I was able to give. They were giants among us. Who have now departed. And I know many of us have wondered... Who's going to fill these shoes? Who's going to take the place of this mighty man of God? They have left us with such a void. Perhaps even in your own family when somebody is lost. They were that matriarch or patriarch of your family. And you're saying now that they are gone. What are we going to do? Who is going to step in and fill that role? Who's going to be the voice in my life that I need to hear now? Who is going to be the one that steps up and... And says I will. I will fill these shoes. I will do whatever I can. Our theme last year was I am greater life. Wherever there was a void. I was supposed to step up and say I will do it. And then COVID and everything else just stepped in. And said oh, I'm going to mess up your plans. But I want to know again this year. Are you still greater life? Are you still looking for a place to run this race? And say God I'll do whatever I've got to do. Pastor you. You tell me what you need and I'll do it with a fervency. I'll run this race. I'll give it everything that I've got. Will there be any that stand? Will there be any that fight for this truth? Will there be any that carry on the cross and share this gospel message? I know some of you elders, it can be disheartening sometimes to see the direction of others. And see the direction that they have taken. And I know it disheartens you. To see these young people that don't appreciate this like you did. They didn't fight for it like you did. It was just given to them. And they just blew it away. They acted like it wasn't even that important. And you know why I know it's disheartening to you? Because it's disheartening to me. It bothers me that I see that happening. It bothers me that I've seen my peers, people that I went to Bible college with, that have thrown it all away for nothing. And they've given it all away for nothing. It disheartens me to see that. And I understand I didn't sacrifice like you did. But I'm not looking outside of these walls at what's going on out there. I'm not looking at what the church down the road might be doing. But I am looking right here tonight. And I see a group of the godliest people. I see a group of people who are hungry for God. I see young people, old people, middle-aged people, married people, single people, divorced people. I see children. I see young people. All who of which are saying, what can I do to make sure I finish this race? What can I do to make sure my family makes it? What can I do to give my all to God? 
I see a church with great potential that we don't even realize. I see children who the hand of God is clearly upon them. I see young people that have a calling on their life and they've already allowed God to begin to use them in different facets of ministry. I see young couples that have grown in God. Oh my, some of them that were here on prayer this week that if you would have saw them five years ago you would be amazed at where they are today by the goodness and faithfulness of God. Are they perfect? No. Are our children perfect? No. Are our young people perfect? No. But they're looking looking for some shoes to fill that they can run in. They're looking for an opportunity to rise to the occasion and say, teach me elder, teach me pastor, teach me Sunday school teacher, tell me how to walk in godliness, tell me how to walk in truth, tell me whatever I've got to do and I will do it. I know it seems like the church is withering away and it's easy to think looking out That everything you gave your life to will quickly be gone. Because that's not only the case in the church. That's what's happening in our world. Some of you fought for this country that you're seeing burned up. Some of you fought for this country that you're seeing in shambles right now. And it's disheartening to see something you've invested so much in crumbling. But I'm here to tell you tonight the church This church is not crumbling. This church is not withering away. This church is not going to be wiped off the map. This church is going to carry on. This church is going to run this race. We are going to run with everything that we have. I understand it looks like it's falling apart. But I read his word. And it says what we sang about earlier. And in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. And your old men shall dream dreams. The Bible said the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Job chapter 8 said, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should in grace creasely. I know you started off this thing thinking it was going to crumble and it was going to fall apart and what you're seeing right now looks like devastation but God's saying hold on just a little bit longer. It may take a little while but I'm about to do something. I'm going to start using your children. I'm going to start using these young people. I'm going to start using those old men again. I'm going to start pouring it out on everybody It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what color you are, what kind of background you had. God is saying, I just want to know who's willing to run in these shoes. Who's willing to step in and not just fill a gap, but say, I'm running instead of this one. I believe there are people of God who are dedicated to the cause. There are people ready to step up. Elijah did mighty things. But I'm thankful there was an Elisha that was willing to say, I I want a double portion. Elder, I'm so thankful for what God did for you. 
I'm thankful that I've gotten to hear stories of old times of what God did. But would I be completely selfish tonight if I said I want double the miracles that Brother Peden has seen? Would I be selfish tonight if I said I want to see a revival that my grandparents never saw? Would I be selfish tonight if I said I want to claim the promise that he already gave? Would I be selfish tonight to say I'm going to see it if it takes everything I've got? I want to see that revival we sang about I'm going to see the revival that we sang about a moment ago if it takes me getting on my knees and praying 24 hours in a prayer chain if it takes me lingering in a prayer room even though service has already started but I just can't let go of what God is doing then so be it because I'm not just in this race to walk and to wait and just to go along with whatever's going on but I'm in this race to run and I'm in this race to finish I'm thankful Elisha did whatever it took to obtain that mantle but the only way he got it was by linking himself to that man of God and saying I'll go where you go I'll do whatever I need to do. I'm not letting you out of my sight, Elder. I'm not letting you out of my sight because if I see you when you're caught up, if I'm there with you when it all goes down, then I can have that double portion. And I'm going to do it. And he did it. I'm asking you tonight to not judge a group of people here because of what you see out there. There's some young people here tonight that I believe with my whole heart are not trying to trample you under their feet. But they are trying to stand on your shoulders so that they could reach higher heights. And I pray that there would be some elders that would say, come on. Come on, I know I'm tired and I know I'm weak and I know I'm weary. But come on, come on, just climb up on my shoulders. That's where we're trying to get. And I need you to reach for it. I'm going to use every bit of strength that I've got to put you on my shoulders. And I'm going to try to stand up so you can reach as high as you can. That's what I'm looking for tonight. To do whatever it takes. When Samson had become blind and had come to the place where he had no vision. And they were bringing him out. As strong as he was at one time. As much of a man as he was at one time. He was not the man that he used to be. And the Bible says in verse 26. And Samson said unto the lad. That held him by the hand. Suffer me that I may feel the pillars. Whereupon the house standeth. You see Samson as much of a man as he was. He had found himself at a place. Where he was being led By a lad. He was being led by a lad. You hear me greater life church. We need each other. 
Sometimes we need these children to give us perspective on things. We need that faith like a child. We need them taking us by the hand and causing us to walk by and slow down and see things that are going on and pay attention more than we would in this rat race of life. Sometimes we need them to get where we're trying to go. It takes the young. It takes the old. It takes every single one of us. And we've got to help each other out. If you see a man of God that's going along and he's not as strong as he once was, go up to him and say, Elder, can I get you anywhere? Can I take you somewhere? Is there anywhere that you'd like to go that you can't go by yourself? Is there somewhere in prayer you'd like to go, but you just don't feel you have the energy to get there by yourself? Let me pray with you, Elder. Let me fast with you, Elder. I know you can't go that long without meals, but I can. Let me lead you. Let me be that lad for you. Pastor's been declaring it. It's going to take everybody. It's going to take all of us. All of us. Every single one. I am greater life. It's me. It's you. It's the one sitting beside you tonight. Don't allow what you see everywhere else to dictate what you feel about this place. I feel like we have the greatest group on planet earth. And I'm thankful that my friends do not just consist of those my age. But I'm thankful to be friends with some of you elders. I'm thankful that I get to go to breakfast with you. I'm thankful that I get to call you on the phone. I'm thankful that we have a relationship. Young people, if you don't have a relationship with an elder, find one tonight before you leave. Talk to them. Spend time with them. They are treasures on this earth. Amen. There are still giants among us that you can glean from. There are still some here tonight that you can learn a lot from. When I see some of these shoes up here, some who have gone on, some from who are still here, some who are in leadership here at Greater Life. Brother Clyde T's shoes up here tonight. I want to ask tonight who's going to run in his shoes. Because Brother Clyde T's not always going to have this much energy, people. One of these days, that might go away. And when it does, I want to know who's going to run in his shoes. I want to know tonight, when Brother Terry and Sister Sherry can no longer do Sunday school and they reach that place where they feel it's time to pass that mantle on to somebody else. I'm not interested to know tonight who's just going to fill their shoes. I'm not just looking for somebody to fill a position and say, oh, I'll do it. No, I'm looking for somebody to say, I will run in their shoes. I will run in their shoes. I will take what they've done and I will give it everything I've got. And hear me, that's not to say that we're trying to make it look like they didn't do anything. It's trying to say that we're appreciative and that we're thankful that they made it this far without us. That they made us this far without us. And now we can come along and say, thank you for all your work. Thank you for what you've done. Now let me help you. Let me finish this race with zeal and eagerness. We won't always be here whether that comes from promotion or promotion. But who is going to fill these shoes? Brother Casey, Brother Vickery, Brother Cox, Brother Bankins, who was very dear to me, Sister Shrum, Pastor Hughes, Sister Hughes, Brother Eldon, Sister Nelda, Brother Buddy, Sister Vicky, 
Brother Ethan, Sister Lauren, Brother Clyde T, Sister Laurel, Sister Leanne. So many of you, Sister Sister Rose, Sister Knox, Sister Gibson, Brother Gibson. Who's going to not only fill those shoes, but run in those shoes and say, I'm willing to do whatever I've got to do. It is said, well, those are some mighty big shoes to fill. You heard that? Those are some big shoes to fill. He may walk funny at first, but you hear me. It can happen. Remy, come up here. Come up here. These are Brother Casey's. I want you to put those on. Start walking around up here. See, right now he walks a little funny. They don't fit him just right. But you hear me, if he walks in them long enough... If he can walk in them long enough, then he's going to grow to the place where he fills those shoes. And he says, you know what? They, they feel a little bit better now. I've grown up a little bit since I've been in these shoes. And now that they fit me, now I can run. You hear me, there may be some shoes that you're asked to fill. And you say, Brother Landon, I don't know that I can fill those shoes. They're a little too big for me. Oh, I don't know that I can step into that role. I don't know I can do what pastor's asking me to do. Because right now, I'm walking and I'm stumbling and it doesn't feel right. And it feels funny and it's not working out. But if I hang on a little bit longer, I'm going to grow up in one of these days. I pray this young man and some of these other young men and young ladies would find themselves in the shoes of some elders saying oh now I get it now they fit now I understand and they say now I can run this race now I can finish my course now I can do everything I've set out to do You may walk funny, but someday you're going to grow in to that promise. Someday you're going to grow into that calling that God has put on your life. These are big shoes to fill. These are big shoes to fill. These people that serve here at Greater Life Church, you hear me. They are big shoes to fill. Any department, any ministry, we have the very best of the best. Amen. We've got the very best of the best and they are big shoes to fill somebody's got to fill them and somebody's got to run in them somebody's got to finish this race with them somebody's got to endure until the end in some shoes that may not fit you perfectly but you can make it there's a cloud of witnesses that declare you can make it There's a group of people that can say, I've been through where you've gone through. I've seen some hard times. I went through some rough patches. My marriage was on the rocks from time to time. I had some things in my life that I had trouble overcoming. But I made it. I made it to the finish line. I made it to the end. Sometimes we say, well, these are big shoes to fill. Also known as Bud... You got your work cut out for you. And while the statement is meant to praise the one who had once filled that position. Which I completely understand tonight. And honor is due where it is due and we give it. You hear me? When we say that, 
I pray we also end that statement by saying, well, those are some big shoes to fill. But I pray you fill them. And I pray you excel. And I pray you go further than I did. And I pray you do more for God than I did. I don't want you to just step in them. But I want you to do more than I was ever able to do. Some of you ought to take your kids in your arms and say, I'm thankful for where God has brought us. But I want you to go further than I did. I want you to go further than I ever imagined I could. I want you to excel. I don't want you to have to fight the same fight that I fought. I want you to live a life for God and serve Him diligently and go all of the way. Because it's not about me. It's about the cause. Jesus knew this. He knew His time was limited. He said, I know I've just got a few years. And if I'm going to be effective in these few years and I've got to find some people that I can share myself to. I've got to find some disciples That I can say here. Here are some shoes. That I need you to fill. Oh master. Those are your shoes. I can't walk the same walk as you. I can't talk the way that you talk. Those are mighty big shoes to fill. And he's saying oh yes you can. Because I am in you. Amen. I am in you. And greater is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. Well, God, you're calling me to go places I don't know that I can go. You're, you're beckoning me and you're, you're putting me in this place where you're challenging me, God. And you're asking me to be your disciple. And I don't think that I can do that. I don't think I can feel these shoes. But he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he do also. And greater works than these shall you do. So not only are you going to fill my shoes, disciples, but you're going to go do things that I myself never did in the flesh. You're going to see things that I haven't even gotten to see yet here on earth. While yes, I am God of all and I reign supreme. You hear me? You're going to be used to do works down here on earth that I myself have not been able to do. But you're going to get to do it. You hear me? If God is calling you to step into a place that seems so big and so impossible, you just say, okay, God, I trust you. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll lay hands on the sick. God, I'll pray for those that are broken. I'll be a witness to that community. I'll reach out to that one that is lost. And God, I'll do whatever I can to run in these shoes. If we had that kind of mindset, what what could be laid out and available for those coming up behind us? Oh, I'm not going to get to do this. But I'm going to leave this right here because greater works than these shall you do. My boys, all you kids, as much as some of these in here may have accomplished, I pray you would come up behind them and do greater works than these. I pray you would do greater works than these. Not to show them up, but to contribute to their legacy. To tell them, thank you, elder. Thank you for passing this mantle. Thank you for passing the baton. Thank you for passing this torch to me, elder. Like Ruth in the field, Boaz had already made provision for her before she ever got there. Sure, he could have taken in more. Sure, he could have held on to more. Sure, he could have been more prosperous. 
But someone was coming behind him that needs some of this too. He said, there's somebody coming in a field later that's going to need some of this. You leave it and let her pick it up. I challenge some of you. You leave some stuff for these young ones coming behind you. You leave them a legacy that they can pick up and carry that will help them and sustain them. When David was not able to build the temple, he could have left it at that and wished the next guy, his son, the very best. Oh no, son, I worked hard for mine, you work hard for yours. You're going to earn it just like I had to earn it. But David said, here are the blueprints for the whole project as God gave me to understand it. I'm turning it all over to you. This is what God gave me. This is what God purposed in my heart to do. And now I'm passing it on to you. The Bible says, furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone hath chosen, is yet young and tender. And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. It's not even about who I'm leaving it to. It's not even about that it's for my son or my daughter. It's because it's about Him. It's the cause of Christ. And if we win here, then we win everywhere. If I please Him, then everything else does not matter. If I can do everything I'm doing for Him, that's all that matters. And David said, Solomon, here you go. Here's everything I've got. I'm not only giving you the blueprints, but I've been storing up some gold. I've been storing up some other stuff that you're going to need. And I've already kept it for you. I've already made a way so that when you step in, it's all there ready for you to get to work. And you say, why would somebody do that? Because they want to see the kingdom of God move forward. They're not just interested in somebody stepping in and becoming king. They are interested in somebody stepping in and continuing the legacy that they fought for, that they prayed for, that God anointed them to fill that position. And now they're saying, okay, now it's your turn. Take it and run with it. Take it and run. Finish this race. Run with everything that you've got and finish this race. Like the one passing the baton to the last runner and he takes it in his hand. Don't you know that the one behind him now is not saying, I hope he trips and falls. I hope he busts his knee. I hope he trips right before the finish line. No. No, he's behind him saying, Come on, finish this race. Come on, keep on running. Pass that other guy up. Finish this race. Do whatever you've got to do to make it happen. Run this race. David said, moreover, because I have set my affections to the house of my God. He said, it's not about me. It's all about God. So while it may not be me who gets to be part of it, perhaps I can leave something for the young one to obtain so that he can see what I didn't get to see. In our text, they said we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are witnessing our performance and they are cheering us on. This crowd is not just any crowd. 
This crowd of witnesses is not the people sitting beside you tonight that's referenced here. It's not your mom, it's not your dad, it's not the ones who showed up to your drama, it's not the ones who showed up to your baseball game, it's not the ones who are here even tonight that were cheering you on when you were worshiping. But there are a cloud of witnesses of those that have gone on before you, who have fought a good fight, who finished this course, did did everything they could to obtain a crown. And now they are in heavenly places and they are looking down. And I say again, they are not up there saying, oh, I wish they'd fall flat on their face. I wish they would make a mistake like I did and see how it turns out. I wish they would stumble and fall. Yeah, go ahead and try to step in those shoes and see what happens. You're going to fall too. No, they're not saying that. They're up there cheering you on saying, yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. I know you're hesitant. I know you're walking up to those shoes saying, oh, they're not going to fit me. But they're saying, come on, come on. Put one foot in. Yeah, now put the next foot in. Yeah, now, now, now take it and run. Run as fast as you can. Run this race. Don't look back. Don't get distracted. Don't worry about the guy behind you. Don't worry about the opposition. Don't worry about the ones you're running against. You've just got to finish this race. And you've got to give it everything you've got. There's elders, there's preachers, there's men of God who are up there saying, give it all you got. Come on, it can be done. I believe in you. I've been there. I've done it. You can too. Give it everything you've got. Barclay said in his commentary that actors will give their very best when they know the critics are in the crowd or other famous celebrities. He said athletes will do more when they know that the scouts are in the stand or when there's other big athletes there that they could show off and prove how good they are he said then why would we not want to do the same for those that are looking on with us saying look I didn't let it die I didn't give up I didn't give in mom I'm still here dad I'm still here living for God Oh, loved one, I'm still here serving you. I'm still praising God through it all. I'm still giving everything that I've got. And they're they're saying, yeah, come on. Don't stop. Don't hesitate. Keep on running until you see the end. Knowing just who might be looking down on us tonight. Let us not walk. Let us not coast. Let us not get lazy, but may we run to that finish line. May we strive in this moment. May we be passionate in this moment. He said, run with patience. You want to know what this is? This is not running with patience. That's what we think. Running with patience does not mean carelessness. Running with patience does not mean slow. Running with patience does not mean, well, when, when the opportunity comes, I'll speed up, so I'm being patient. The word patience there means a steadfastness, a constancy, and an endurance. It means I'm going to run with everything I've got, and I'm going to do everything I can to endure until the very end. I'm going to run fervently, 
constantly. I'm going to be consistent in my running. And I'm not going to lose pace. I'm going to keep on running. Because I've got somewhere that I've got to be. I want to know tonight who is going to step up and finish this race. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. The Amplified said, let us run with endurance and active persistence. I admonish you tonight, put ourselves in someone else's shoes. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. And while that goes a long way in solving conflicts, oh, just put yourself in their shoes. That's not what I'm preaching about here tonight. Maybe pastor will preach on that next Sunday. But put on some shoes that are too big for you. And challenge yourself to grow. And say, I I, I want to do it. You know the saying, well, if the shoe fits. If the shoe fits, wear it. That's used to say that something said or suggested about a person is true. And that the person should accept it as true. Well, if the shoe fits, then wear it. But listen, there are some big shoes to fill. Whether they fit just right or not, you fill them. Whether it works out perfect or not, you fill them. You put your feet in those shoes and you fill them. Whether the shoe fits or not, put them on and run this race for God. Whether you feel like you fit there or not, challenge yourself and say, if they did it, I can too. And if they passed a mantle down and left it, I want to pick it up. And it may not fit me just right, but I want to challenge myself to do everything I can. I will run in those shoes. Me filling shoes is great, but it's not just about that first initial action. But it's what I do after I have filled those shoes. Let's all stand tonight. There was a man by the name of Jim Thorpe. And if you will look closely at this photo of Mr. Jim. You can tell that he's an athlete. He's a runner. He's one that wants to run a race. But if you'll look closely at the photo, and they're going to zoom in, you can see that he is wearing different socks and different shoes. This was not a fashion statement. It was the 1912 Olympics, and Jim, a Native American from Oklahoma, represented the U.S. in track and field. On the morning of his competition, he found his shoes had been stolen. Somebody had come in and taken the very things that he used to run this race. And we would use every excuse in the book to say, well, I can't finish this race. Because too much has been stolen from me. I don't even have shoes to run this race anymore. I don't have what it takes to finish this race anymore. So I'm going to give up. I'm going to give in. I'm just going to quit right now and call it quits. But Jim, in desperation, went dumpster diving. And he found two shoes in a garbage bin. And that's the pair that he is wearing in this photo. But one of the shoes was too big. So he had to wear an extra sock just to make it fit. Because he was going to run. 
He was going to get in the race. And you hear me, not only was he going to get in this race, but wearing two different size shoes that neither one were his and socks that did not even belong to him. Jim won 12 gold medals. 12 gold medals while running for the United States because he determined in his mind I'm not letting what has been stolen from me keep me out of the race. I'm not letting what has happened to me keep me out of this race. And I may have to go and find somebody else's shoes and say, I don't know if this will fit, but I'm going to make it work. I don't know if I'll make it with this one, but here's another one that I can get. And whatever I've got to do to make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. Whatever I've got to do for God this year to do it right, I'm going to do it because there's a cloud of witnesses that are cheering me on. Listen, some of us have had things stolen and we've had every reason to give up and every reason to give in. But I challenge you tonight, if you've got to find some shoes to fill, fill them and run this race like you have never run before. Bible says in the Passion Translation in Philippians I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus so let all who are fully mature have this same passion and if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires God will reveal it to them And let us all advance together, together, together to reach this victory prize. Following one path with one passion. God tonight is not looking for your pedigree. He's not looking to see if you have your GED. He's not looking to see who's the tallest, the smartest, the bravest. God isn't looking for the famous. He's not looking for the eldest or even the youngest. You want to know who he's looking for? He said he's looking for one that would stand in the gap. He said that he was looking for one that would deny himself and carry his cross and follow him. He said he was looking for a true worshiper that would worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not just looking for somebody to fill shoes. He's not interested in you just filling in. He is interested in you taking this gospel and going further than you've ever gone before. He's interested tonight to see who will run in these shoes. And I can't think of anything that would make our elders and the cloud of witnesses before us more proud than to know that we ran in their shoes. That we did more than they ever did. And that we gave more than was ever given. We don't have time to fill these shoes and fill empty slots. There is more work to be done. There needs to be some runners in the house tonight. We had some earlier running the aisles, but I'm talking about in this race. We need some people that are sold out. And I want to do right now what I felt in the Holy Ghost in the prayer room. If you are 40 and younger, I want you to come up to the front. If you're 40 and younger, I want you to come up to the front right now. 
If you're able, I want everybody 40 and younger to come up to the front right now. Come on, we've got some shoes to fill. I'm putting out a challenge right now to all of you. Children, young people, young adults. There have been some that have ran this race for a mighty long time. And they're behind you tonight. And I don't mean they're behind you because you've left them in the dust. I don't mean they're behind you tonight because they're literally behind you. I mean they are supporting you. They are encouraging you. They want to see you succeed. They want to see you make it. They want to know the church is still in good hands. They want to know that you're going to take this and run with it. And you're going to give everything that you've got. Come on, all of you that are 40 and younger, right now I want you to lift your hands. God, I'm going to run this race. God, I'm going to give you everything that I've got. God, tonight, Lord, I want to run this race. God, I want to run this race. Come on, elders, stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands. Lord, right now, God, would you go with us, Lord?